before we start the episode proper and we start G-witching around in this episode, we are going to read off some emails and a, a, a nice, delightful voice audio log, like this is a video game, that someone left for us in celebration of our anniversary. Longtime fans will see the resemblance and get this reference. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to read off some emails that we got for in celebration of our anniversary that we didn't do on the anniversary episode, keeping on brand as per usual. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're just dumb. Gif of anime girl going hands on head. Mm. <laughs> <Bleh>. <laughs> That's essentially this podcast. It's just, uh, sorry we messed up again. <laughs> I know what'll fix this three-month-long hiatus. <laughs> Anyways, we got some emails and an audio log. I don't know why I'm calling it an audio log, but we got it. Because it and sounds cooler. It does sound cooler, doesn't it? And if you want to send one, send, send it anyways. Send as much as you want. Why we'll be not? doing them throughout the rest of the month, which is like one more week. <laughs> yeah, so send yours in now, even though we'll probably be recording the episode tomorrow, but who's counting? Man, my Who counter is still in Japanese. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just go down these and how they've appeared in our, 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 our mailbox. Uh, first is coming up from Syrups. He or they write, hey, gamers! I'm sorry if I'm late. Life is busy. You know how that is. Anyways, it's your favorite pancake topper, peanut butter. Ha, 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 ha. I got you. Anyway, again, anyway, as a result of busyness and stuff, I've been inactive in the whole, like, everything. Recently getting back into the swing of things, and I've been really enjoying rewatching Vinland Saga and the greatness that is JoJo's. I am anxiously awaiting the best unrecorded episode, the How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend three-part spectacular plus movie review. I hope everyone who works on the show has had a better 2022 than me. It shouldn't be that hard. I hope there is another series this year that allows us to do the watch parties again. Those are always great fun. I know this email has been riddled with spelling and grammatical errors, and it has. That's Matt saying that. <laughs> anyway, again, again, I'll stop taking up so much time and leave it on this. Matt, I have been waiting in the Waffle House parking lot for 187 days. You have just 187 more days until I start to lose my patience. I forgot the reason for the squabble, but it was probably for something super mega important and not something that would be misconstrued as silly. P.S. Gosh, don't we hate that syrups guy always doing stuff. Please be safe and enjoy anime. Smiley face. P.S.S. I believe it was Matt and Ikea plant that Rex be Dan... Dan, 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 the dinghy, great wreck, awesome stuff. I've been reading the boxer so far, so good. One volume in, and Vegabond and Berserk recently, and Big Wow Wozers, so good. Sheesh, for serious though, I can't wait to hear what you ladies and lads do in 2023. Best wishes from the worst mod. Smiley face. Smart, thank you. Yeah, that that that's uh, that was when the sleep deprivation started kicking in. <laughs> Yeah, that was a stream of consciousness into what could only be appeared as to madness. And I don't know what squabble I have with syrups, but I'm sure it's perfectly valid. By the way, PSA, it's PPS, not PSS. I don't know why. That's just how it is. Why you gotta be such a nerd? Why syrups gotta be such a scrub? Wow. 
Why is it that every time it's like, let's do something for people who listen, you 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 initiate immediate and un unexcusable hostility. Um, it's inexcusable hostility. I hope you get punched in your stomach tomorrow. <laughs> and I hope you're not prepared for it so it hits your diaphragm and you don't feel very comfortable. Anyways. Well, I am going out to Target tomorrow, so if it happens anywhere, it'll happen there. It's pronounced Target. Man, shut the fuck up, white bitch. <laughs> wow. All right, our next email comes from Steered Marlin. Steered Marlin writes, Another year of listening to y'all. Oh, man, I need to go on the Discord more often. Anyways, I appreciate everything y'all do, and I look forward to the AOT watch-alongs where we experience pain and hype and all its glories. Steer. P.S. Matt, have you played slash own near Automata? No reason. Um. Yeah, I, I look forward. I think I like to watch parties, too. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the AOT watch parties again because AOT. However, I'm disappointed because it's going to be extended for another year at about, like, uh, at, I don't know, a few months or another year. Who knows? Audrey is like, I love AOT, but I also hate AOT. Well, like, AOT is like my hork. Oh, well, I can't, can't use it's hork. Like- <laughs> Uh, Ooh. Yeah. AOT is like my, uh, I don't know, phylactery to use a D&D term. What? No, that's not good either. Oh, my gosh. All of our favorite franchises are being stolen from us. Yep. Can't even make a, can't even make a Rick and Morty reference either because there's that Justin Roiland stuff going on as well. God damn it. Don't have heroes because they'll all tarnish themselves. Don't like anything ever. Be yeah. constantly cynical and jaded and hate everything, but I cannot uh, die and go to re- go to rest in peace until Attack on Titan is finished. I re- I did not know in 2020 that saying we should do Attack on a Talk on Titan would also cause me to want to like murder myself mm-hmm. because um. Yeah, I thought it would have been over in one season. They bamboozled me once, so yeah. But yeah, they're fun. They're fun. I hope mm-hmm. we can see you in those Steered Marlin, everybody who comes to those. Also, mm-hmm. I do own Nier Automata. Mm. I just have I just haven't played it. I got through the A story with um two B and started playing as nine S and said, Ah, I don't know about this. This is this is just the same game, right? And I never picked it back up again. I've played Nier Automata twice. The first time I couldn't get to the first major boss. And the second time I did. And then I got to a stopping point and never picked it back up. Mm. I don't know if it's still on Game Pass. I think it actually just got taken off. Goddamn. So, well, there goes that. Speaking of things that are on Game Pass, you should play Persona 4. Uh, Isn't Persona 5 Royal on there? Is Persona 5 Royal on Game Pass? What's the difference between Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal? Um, Persona 5 Royal is basically Persona 5 with all the uh, the creases smoothed out and an extra little an extra little badge on your on your button. Mm. There's an added story in it. I've never only played Persona 5 Vanilla, so I don't know what's in 5 Royal. But um, I've always wanted to play 5 Royal, but I'm also really cheap, and I, I feel like I'm buying the same game again. Yeah, and I, I th- got the premium ultra deluxe edition for Persona Five. So, Ooh, yeah. 
I feel like if given the opportunity, I'll play five royal over four, just because of what I've heard. Five royal is on Game Pass. Let's go ahead and just click on install right there. Yeah. I could probably stream that to my um stream that to my TV. That's great. Uh, what are we doing? We're talking about <laughs> yeah. We finished into your near automata. Okay. All right. Next email comes from our mod who is talking to a woman. Not that I'm bitter or anything. No, but for real, this comes from Ikea Plant who writes, Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Just wanted to congratulate you two on another glorious year of podcasting. Every episode has been fun to listen to and always look forward each week to see what hot takes and wonderful views are in store. Even if I totally disagree with a few, I'm specifically looking at you, Matt. Audrey can do no wrong. It definitely makes my work days go by a lot faster. I would totally suggest bringing back Anna Misery because it's fun. Because it's fun watching you two suffer through terrible anime. I know how much Matt loves Kodomono G-Con. Still have the screenshots to prove it. It goes hand in hand like kerosene and water. It's awesome being a part of the Discord where I can use mod powers to cause havoc and banter with one another. Me and Darth Egg absolutely stomping on Hanakawa. Cheers to another year of glorious reviews and continuing to grow this wonderful group. With love, Ikea Plant. I said with a posed look. Why was that middle bit a different font? Why well, was it a different know. size and font styling? Answer all that. Three, if you can't see these email, dear listener, but there's three separate fonts. Oh, yeah. How do you do that in an email, you wizard? How, Better question how, is, why would you do that in email? <laughs> you heathen? I I, they literally were like, Audrey can do no wrong, and you're like, get shit on. Yeah, because I can do no wrong. I am the re- I am half the reason why people watch th- or listen to the show. I I am the e girl that they want to step on them. This so is my villain I- arc. <laughs> what am I? What am I? But just the the Pagliacci, the sad clown. <laughs> Uh no, IKEA plant's great. We love we love us a good IKEA plant. Mm-hmm. I still I, need I, to order one from actual IKEA. You know, we the funniest thing is that the last email from last year they sent, they they I I don't know if we can pull it up because I don't know where it is in our inbox, but they literally sent the item number for the IKEA plant that oh, they are, and I got that IKEA plant. It is on my desk right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, IKEA plants great. One of our mods, they uh, they're like the only mod that does anything. But then what they generally do is just cause more problems. So oh yeah, I found it. Article number eight hundred two point eight five nine point zero nine. Yep, I have that IKEA plant on my desk. So every day I feel inspired because I know IKEA plants out there doing stuff. Anyways, let's get going. Let's keep let's keep going. Yeah. Our next and final uh, uh, final email for this run is from Darth Egg. <laughs> Who puts in their email, this is Darth Egg. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic podcast hosted by fantastic, pe- fantastic people. Love the podcast and the community that it has built. Look forward to another great year. Also look forward to sending more stupid games to make Maddie suffer. This is Darth Egg. Well, you know what? That's true. Mm-hmm. I did play Hellblade, and that game made me feel like I was giving myself a, a separate, a separate disease. 
Only one of those emails had a question. <laughs> Darth Egg's pretty great, too. I don't know what to say to that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we Thank also you. have a super special audio log from our Google Voice number. Yes. Remember that you, too, can call our... Um, call our number at 334-625-8196 to leave a voicemail message that we will read out or listen to and respond to out loud. Hey, that's still a pretty good podcast. <laughs> Finishing your hockey <laughs> This is the same person from last year's anniversary with their message that said... Hey, it's bringing hey, a podcast. Bring podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love the commitment to the bit. I know who this is, but uh, it's, it's, I'm going to call him. I don't know if I'm supposed to use names or not. I think they, they're Lanky Wave. That's, their, that's what yeah. they are on mail. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lanky Wave. They're in the server, too. If you use real names, just use first name and last initial. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to dox anybody. Yeah. But yeah, that's a pretty good podcast. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty good podcast. I do need to finish you, Hawker Show, though. I, I only had ten episodes left. Come on, just just uh just like victory lap. I, do it for the pod. If I do it for the pod, then I'll, I don't know. I don't know if. Well, what if you really like the ending? I don't know. The f- literally, the part I stopped on, they were they basically said, we're going to have a tournament to determine who gets to be the king. And I said, <laughs> oh, not this again. I was just, no, not another tournament. Listen, Not another uh, tournament. 50 years from now, on your deathbed, you will be thinking back and you will regret not finishing those last 10 episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho. And not knowing who would be the tournament king. Uh, you might have a point there, but I'm fairly certain it's not going to be Yusuke. I just it might. It happen. You know what, maybe. I think I'll more regret the fact that I got all the way to the end of Erika 7 and stopped with two episodes left. Yeah, those are always the hardest. Yeah, well, I, I w- said I'll finish these tomorrow, and then tomorrow never came. And by the time I was going to watch those two episodes, like a year later, I didn't know what was happening. Although that's probably because Erica Seven at like the the three episode left to go mark suddenly goes wild wacky action bike on you. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was those were emails and a voice message of audio log. Sorry, and we thank everybody for sending them. Yeah, we'll still be we'll still be accepting accepting them for like another few weeks. So if you want to send those in, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and if you want to send them throughout the year. We'll still accept them, and we'll read them off. Yeah, we just we're just too nervous to say that we always will accept them. We just we're just very shy that you'll reject us. Rejection is hard. Rejection is hard. Living is harder. The worst the worst your podcasters can say is no. <laughs> Me shows up. Actually, literally, for real, Audrey, you no. <laughs> The worst I could say is no until Audrey shows up and says, Ew, no. All right, well, I guess we're done here. Uh, Let's get in to the actual episode. Play that music, Craig. Woo! <laughs> 
welcome to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast, a subsidiary of Gundarm Inc. My name is Matt, and if I advance, I don't get to War One. I just get told to go away. And I'm Audrey, and this bitch rides a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> you heard of the witch from Mercury? Well, I'm the bitch from Mercury. I'm the wizard from your anus. <laughs> Strong start. Fantastic start. It's Mm. like a great start. Anyways, hello, you're here. I trust that you can still read and that your literacy skills have not decreased. But if you're from another country and you don't speak English and read the title and know that we're talking about The Witch from Mercury, then congratulations. All all others, do better next time. Anyways, um, I don't know if you know this or not, and you may not if this is your first episode, but one of us really likes Gundam. Who could it be? Vote now with your phones. <laughs> text, text who you think it is at 66301. That's 66301, and also get a free crazy frog wallpaper for your phone. <laughs> Courtesy of Jamster. <laughs> oh my god, that was really a thing. It Getting really wallpapers was. and ringtones. Yeah, imagine paying a 99 cents for a ringtone. Shit, I remember, like, pirating ringtones back in the day. Oh, man, I remember, gosh, I remember when you had to pay for for wallpapers on your phone. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I had a I had a meet the fuckers wallpaper on my old Nokia. And if that, <laughs> that's, that's a period piece right there. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be talking about the Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, in this episode. And as we must always remind you, there will be spoiler tags in case you just want to get the vibes of the show before you decide Mm -hmm. to watch. So don't worry about us suddenly revealing that Saleta is actually a clone from the the second universe. We won't talk (laughs) about that until the spoiler section. The spoilers are mostly going to be for episode 12 of season 1 and a little bit of episode 6. Everything else is pretty low-key, so nothing to be spoiled there. Yeah, everything will be hunky-dory here. We won't, we won't go crazy. We won't go crazy. We'll be, we'll go mildly crazy, you know. We won't go, like, full-on black eyed peas. Good crazy, crazy, (laughs) but we'll, we'll be, we'll be in the, the reasonable ballpark. Goddamn, just keep dating yourself. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Walt, text, uh, like, Nokia wallpapers, meet the Fockers, black eyed peas. (laughs) <laughs> what if I told you I woke up and I was in 2003 <laughs> or 2004? Jamie, what if, you woke, what if you woke up and told us you were in 2008 and you kept telling everyone else they were in, in 2000 late? <laughs> Did I say 2003 or 2004? Because apparently Meet the Fockers came out in 2004. Uh, you said both. Oh, well, you know what? I was half right. Uh-huh. All right, cool. Well, speaking of half right, we're going to do some check-ins. Hey, Audrey, what you been doing? I don't know, because I f- honestly feel like it was two days ago when we recorded the last episode, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> I know that I've worked on some Gunpla. I've actually started working on my backlog. I made four 30-minute mission kits, and I'm working on... The high grade Faisalis from Stardust Memories. Uh, that's the big chunky one with chunky feet, the big fuck off shield, and the uh, the nuclear rocket launcher. <laughs> the 
nuclear rocket launcher. Yeah, it launches a nuke. Well, I mean, what more do you need? It's it's like a portable Hiroshima. <laughs> a little a little pocket nuke, if you will. A little panook. Pocket nuke was my nickname in high school. Wow, was it really? Yeah. Oh. You know what? Okay. <laughs> uh, that's all that's been happening with me, honestly, is just uh, losing time and building Gunpla. What's up with you, Maddie? Uh well, this is the year of big self improvements. We're doing all kinds of things. We're 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 becoming better people. So I started back up on my Japanese lessons, um, courtesy of multiple teaching softwares because I don't trust. I'm paranoid. I'm like I don't te- trust e- any of them to teach me real Japanese. So I'm learning from all of them. And how's that going? It's going pretty well. Japanese is one of those languages that it's kind of like a puzzle box. Once you figure out how it works and you feel like you've got a good grasp of it, then you turn to the other side, and oh, look, all your yellow and white squares are together, and you didn't solve anything, dumbass. <laughs> and that's kind of been my thing. So I've also been learning uh, Hangul, uh, Korean, in the meantime, and that is such a satisfying language. It looks like it. Well, like, in, in Japanese, all the syllables, like ga, ga, uh, go, they're all you have to know what they are. You have to mm-hmm. memorize them. There's no, like, rhyme or reason. But in Korean... You know, like you want to make a syllable like the same syllable like ga, then there's pieces to it, you know? Like there's yeah. one piece that tells you that there's an ah sound, and then there's one piece that tells you there's a ga, a, a ga sound. And so you combine them into a single character, and you go, oh, I know what that is. So that's really satisfying. Meanwhile, my Western brain will sometimes see a line in Japanese and go, I don't, I don't know what kanji that is. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's kind of frustrating because it's literally all... Mostly practical memorization. So, uh, but then you you can see patterns like tree is one kanji and then forest is literally three tree kanji. So that's kind of cool. But no, that's been mostly what I'm doing. Back on my reading, my reading bullshit too. Yeah, it's extra fascinating about Hangul because it was reinvented by a linguist. So it's all all constructed to be like uh, uh, formationally appealing. And coherent. And it, it really is. It really is. Uh, once you learn the rules for it and how the Hangul works, like it, it's pro- it really functions well. And it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fun to learn, too. You know, this. I think when you're younger, you kind of don't think about how fun it is just to, to see patterns. But now I, I really just do enjoy that. And outside of that, really and truly, um, I've been reading. I just finished this book, uh, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Ooh. Hendrix. Yeah, it's it's a horror book, and it was a, it was not recommended to me by someone who said it was really bad. And so, of course, because I'm a contrarian, I read it. <laughs> I telling me to watch something, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but if you say I shouldn't watch it, then oh boy, oh boy, there I am. <laughs> uh, but it's a fun read, and I, I've picked up more books by the same author. I'm, uh, uh, what am I reading now by him? Uh, uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism, that's what I'm reading right now. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. And, you know, anime-wise, um, Tales of Symphonia, the anime just dropped on Crunchyroll on YouTube, and so I'm watching that because it's one of my favorite RPGs. And, you know, it, it's going to be a bad adaptation because it's like a 100-hour-long JRPG condensed into 12 OVA episodes. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking for quality. We're just looking to for the nostalgia. So I've been doing that. And video games? I haven't played any video games. Goddamn, a lot of video games are getting anime adaptations now. Tales of Symphonia, Nier Automata. 
Oh yeah, we really need to or I really I really want to watch Nier Automata. I need to. It looks pretty. You know, it, it looks really good. I really haven't seen anything about it, honestly. Well, I mean, there's such a stigma towards these adaptations, which I, you know, what is that? The video game curse has finally been broken, says the directors <laughs> of The Last of Us, even though there's plenty of, you know, the Street Fighter 2 mo- anime, pretty 7 out of 10-ish, you know? Yeah, but Last of Us was able to do what the creators of Halo and uh, Resident Evil failed to do every time is make a good live action <laughs> Uh, as well, a Halo I, fan, I am envious beyond measure. Didn't they? Don't we? Don't you get to see the Chiefs cock in that? Uh, I I guess <laughs> I haven't watched him. We and our subscription to Paramount Plus ran out, and I have no desire to pirate it. I mean, I, I'm fairly certain that you get to see you get to see the Chiefs. You get to see the Chiefs dick. I, I think uh, Master Chiefs. Let, let's Google that real quick, Jamie. Master Chief's penis in Halo show. Hmm. Hmm, let me look at images. Oh, that's a penis right there. You get to see Master Chief's M41 spanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't they, um... I don't know. Halo is just... There's different games that can be... Like, literally, The Last of Us, the game is already a movie. So, that's yeah. easy. That's, e- that's easy mode. Come on. I could make a good TV series out of that. All right. Then do it. I will. I'll, I'm going to have you cast as uh, as Ellie. How do you feel about that? Affirming. Okay. Good. Yeah, you are a real, you are a real woman. We all know that. Wait, wait, wait. No, cast me as Joel's Joel. original daughter who dies in the intro. Sequence. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or 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 I could just advance cast you and have everybody hate you uh, for no reason by casting you as Abby. Awesome, love it. You should go work out like right now so you can get 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 into character. Or better then, yet, just not do that. Hey, I never played The Last of Us Part Two, so I can make all the calls I want onto it after ignorance, and I I'm not gonna play it. Not because I think it's bad. But because I, I just, not because it's bad. I just don't want to. The Last of Us one, may it's, it's, it was kind of scary. The clickers are scary. <laughs> I'm a little baby. Short and stout. <laughs> Here's my little teapot. Pour me out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's basically all I've been up to. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll move right along. But before that, a quick break. Hey folks, it's Matt here to talk just a tiny bit about Boomslank. Boomslank is an anime apparel and lifestyle brand that has super unique style and art across their entire lineup of phone cases, posters, hoodies, t-shirts, and stickers. I actually really, really love their stuff, which is why I'm so hyped to talk about them, because you know, I'm an actual fan of theirs and their lead artist, Shinobi P. I have their Mania phone case and their Leo hoodie, and they're both these kind of things that my coworkers who aren't into anime, usually, and my friends who are definitely into anime, 
they actually say something to me about because they both have this kind of spirit and design that you're not really going to see anywhere else in the market as far as anime apparel and those kind of products go so that being said i'm super excited to say that if you want to get some boom slank merch and help support the podcast in the process then you can go to their website boomslank.com and use our coupon code at checkout otaku melancholy podcast that's all one word and you'll get 10 percent off your purchase or if you just want to go straight to their website you can go to the www.boomslank.com slash otaku melancholy podcast to just have that coupon code automatically applied when you go to checkout so yeah a huge thanks to boom slank for reaching out and offering to help and support this podcast because it means so much for you know a brand that i actually like and that audrey and i both really admire to help support us And just in case you didn't know how to spell that, it's B-O-O-M-S-L-A-N-K dot com. And there's even a link to their website with our coupon code in the show notes of whatever platform you're listening to this episode on. Thank you guys for listening to this. Back to the episode. Welcome back. Wow, that took, that that was instantaneous or that took forever. That took a while, or it didn't. I don't know. Matt just paused for five seconds and then said, welcome back. And if you are a subscriber to our Patreon at patreon.com slash otakumelancholy, then that was also only like five seconds for you because you don't get ads and also bonus episodes. So subscribe for as little as $3 a month today if you want to get on that. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the actual anime now. Yeah, so we have Kiro Senshi Gundam Susei no Majo. Ooh. Or Mobile Suit Gundam, the witch from Mercury. Or as we in the biz call it, G-Witch. <laughs> yeah, G-Witch or Witch from Mercury or WFM. <laughs> Some <laughs> fucking radio station. <laughs> <laughs> so, Witch from Mercury is the latest full series Gundam show since Iron-Blooded Orphans about seven years ago. Yeah. We've had a lot of uh, Gundam media since then, but that's been relegated to the Gundam Info YouTube channel or shorts or OVAs or promotional material like the Build Diver series or the uh, Build Fighters battle log. A lot of Build Fire stuff. Then there's also the uh, SD Heroes War, SD Heroes World or something like that, where it's yeah. the SD series. Yeah, the SD stands for shit's there. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Nobody cares yeah. about SD Gundam. I'm sorry. Or what was it called when it was on Toonami? Uh, Superior Defender Gundam. Oh, really? Something like that. I thought uh, it was called something silly like GoBots or Minibots. Oh no, that's Doozy Bots. That was back in like the early '90s or so. Oh, Doozy Bots. Doozy Bots. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Witch from Mercury is uh, a welcome return for our us mecha fans because we are always in a constant drought. Mm-hmm. And as an added feature, we have a f- the first ever female protagonist of a full-length Gundam series. So that's, like, stupendously wonderful. Yeah. And she's gay! Yeah, are 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 just extremely uh, lesbian leaning bisexual. Yeah, that too. All characters are bi until proven otherwise. Exactly. And she hasn't exactly 
uh, turned down Gwell because he's a guy. He just turned her turned him down because she's awkward. Yeah. That the the not only is it the first the first real female uh, 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 lead in Gundam history, also confirmed a little bit uh, a little bit for both. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? And I mean, just in IBO, we had the first we had the first person to have sex in a Gundam, and that's really cool. Yeah, so we can only go upwards from here. We could only go up from there. There was no <laughs> way to we would go down from Mikazuki Ang- Angus. Angus. Ang- it's it's uh, calling him Mikazuki Angus just feels gross. It's A U G U S. Oh, is so it? It's, it's not exactly easy to say. <laughs> so, Witch from Mercury takes place in another alternate timeline, separate from Universal Century, takes place in the Ad Stella timeline. Ooh. And what's special about this one is that the Gundams, their gimmick is that uh, the Gundams make them different from standard mobile suits in that they use a permit score, which allows, I assume, the Gundam to tap into the pilot's brain uh, to uh, process battle computation so that the machine can respond faster, handle more information, use different tools like uh, splitter mines or uh, funnel bits or like the or like shield bits. And what makes this a problem, what makes them unique is that, it has it has an intense load on the pilot, and Gundams are known for killing their pilot because the the strain this puts on their brain and their body is tremendous and will kill them. So Gundams are wholesale banned by their own Geneva Conventions. Mm-hmm. But we have in as told in the prologue, our protagonist, or well, our protagonist of the prologue. Elnora Samaya. She is work. She is working with her group, the Vonatis Institute, to find a fix for the Gundam, because mm-hmm. it started as medical technology to help people adapt to space, help people with amputa- amputations, uh, paraplegics, whatnot. Is is basically you use your brain to control the machine, so you can see how the Gundam works with that way. It uses the brain to control the machine, but the Machines too powerful for the brain. So they create the main Gundam, the precursor to the aerial, as the uh, like the Holy Grail. This is the one to solve the problem. But now it's a limitation of the pilot. So Maya's trying to pilot it past that last layer to be able to get the machine to work. She can't do it. Who does it, though? Her four-year-old daughter, Suleta. Or Eric Samaya, as she's known in the prologue, which is horrifying and traumatizing on many levels because, wow, this four-year-old is piloting a machine of war and she's killing people proficiently. Yeah. yeah, and the entire time she's just like, yay, touch, 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 touch. She's going full on, you got games on your phone during mm-hmm. the, this entire scene. And it's it's not exactly played up for a, a uh, to the pure trivialness to what it is. It's just literally her. She's like, yay. Touch, touch, touch. And mom is just, oh, God. It's like Al playing that game in uh, War in the Pocket. Mm -hmm. Where he suddenly goes to shoot the uh, the buildings and schools and hospitals instead of, you know, the giant monsters. (laughs) As you do. As you do. If you're a troubled 
child. You are in a Gundam anime, and you are uh, you are below the age of eighteen. Congratulations! Here's your mental disorder. <laughs> Sorry, <The> ant- sport. <laughs> so the antagonistic force in this series is the uh, corporate conglomerate known as the Benaric Group, which is comprised of multitude of corporations who are competing against each other to be part of the like say board of directors it's like the top 10 groups get to make run of the whole uh the whole conglomerate mm-hmm. and the main actors of this conglomerate are uh vim jeturk of jeturk industries there's the four ladies of pale technologies and then there's granddad of grassly defense systems. Granddad. <laughs> Granddad. <laughs> Granddad, where are you driving a boat? Where did you get into space? Shut up, boy. I'll be in space if I want to. Ain't none of your business. Boy, don't you be touching that Gundam. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you touch that Gundam, you'll get an ass whooping. So they are against Gundams because Gundams are not good business because people don't like it. When your they weapon die. of war kills, people don't like it when your weapon of war kills its user. But literally every other mecha franchise is pretty chill with that. Darling, Darling in the Franks, oh, like she zero two kills users. If you get in the pilot seat <laughs> with her, then what am I? What if, I don't know. It's I'm, just a little spicy. It's just a little spicy. Aquarion, Aquarion. Oh, they came too much from using the Aquarion. <laughs> oh, hey, better get better balls. But but in, in Witch for Mercury, they're like, no, no, we care for the people as they initiate raids and murder people with bullets. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're all trying to work on getting their own Gundams because the Gundams are just too good to pass up. Mm-hmm. As we see through the series, Pale has their own Gundam. Uh, Jeturk is working, working on their own Gundam. Like the Darylbald is not too far off. It has the same drone technology and like... AI interface. Grassley was trying to put in a uh, a request for uh, the gun format permit, and then Delling's definitely doing some shifty stuff with with the uh, the Lufrith Ur and Thorn. Like there was that whole uh, uh, that illusion or alluding moment in the OP back before the witches from Earth got revealed. Y- yeah. Well, there's just it's literally boils down to one scene. Um, uh, like episode six or seven, where one of the characters, uh, Delling says, "It's a, not a Gundam until I decide it is," and that's <laughs> oh, yeah, a Gundam. That was, that was in like episode two or three, where they're uh, having a board, they're having a, a conference meeting to uh, try to decide if Lady Prospera, who is uh, Samaya from the prologue, they're trying to decide if she did some illegal stuff by making a Gundam. And she's saying, no, it's not a Gundam. Those are just drones. <laughs> Prove me wrong. And it's like, you literally have no proof that this is a Gundam. And Delling, head of the whole group, says, it's a Gundam because I say it is. <laughs> and he's like, you can't argue with him. He has the army. Yeah, I mean, and that's the entire thing is that a lot of... um. A lot of it just feels like Delling is just saying, like, I can make things happen. I'm going to make things happen. I'm the DM. 
Yeah, he's that's literally what he is. But he's got his own uh, his own character that he really likes. That his is his daughter, but he doesn't want to look like he likes her. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly just being like, "Yeah, she'll marry this person. She'll marry this person." Then that's the first real conflict is, um, you're gonna have to marry the best pilot in the school, who is this? Who is it? Is it Guar? Is his name? It's, it's Guel. Guel. What I call him Guar. <laughs> yeah, Gwell, who's like, I'm the best fighter in the academy, and then ch- every match after immediately chokes and jobs it. Don't be, don't be afraid of the names. They're all Gundam names. They are all Gundam names. I mean, you got Suleta, you got Miorine. I mean, <laughs> we got Choo Choo, who is best girl, but mm-hmm. she's over there like, my name's Pan Lunch. <laughs> And I'm Shag with my with my friend Shattuck. Shattuck Zanelli. So the prologue will have you believe that the protagonist is this medical research institute developing their Gundam in secret and the antagonist is a corporate conglomerate. And while that's still true, in the main series, after the prologue, it's just Suleta goes to the uh, Gundam pilot school of business and design. <laughs> Where, you know, you go there to pilot a Gundam to research logistics for, or sorry, not Gundam's mobile suits. Research logistics, how to run a business in mobile suits. And the school is like a, a private training house for everyone in the Benerick group. Each house has their prestige student. Jaturk has Gwell. Grassley has Shadik. And Pale has Elan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Delling, President Delling, has Mirine, who's going in for business. And then Suleta, this country bumpkin, comes in. And this is where Maddie starts to draw the connection that this is just a magical high school show. Yeah, I uh, we had a discussion uh, over text messages where mm-hmm. I said, this is just a magical, this is just a magic school anime. But the magic is our mechs. And, and I didn't believe him at first, but when he started describing it to me, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, if this fits all the story beats and tropes. I, okay, so let's take three the three that I used, which were the Irregular at Magic High School, um, the Misfit of Demon King Academy, and uh, Chivalry of a, of a Failed Knight. And they all hit very similar beats. And yeah, I know that a little bit of it just boils down to every story's already been told, but... All three are basically, come to school, super powerful, but no one believes you're super powerful because either A, you just look stupid, or B, uh, you actually are stupid. Or C, they think you're stupid because you're of a lower caste, which is true (laughs) in all three of them. All main characters are lower caste. Uh, Suleta, not for any reason. That's just because school's a a bitch and high school's rough. But Mm -hmm. she shows up, everyone's just, hey, you suck, and we hate you because you suck. And she... Um, in the same vein as Anos and other main characters from those two shows. I don't remember their names. They don't matter. Anos is the real <laughs> bay here. Yeah. They get in a fight immediately and just destroy this powerful force who everyone says, there's no way you could beat this. This is our top student. And then they do. And everyone yeah. goes, and everyone goes, what a fluke. <laughs> you have no chance of continuing to do that. And then they make a character who's of a higher cast and who um, joins with them, and they grow together and bond and all that. Or, well, technically, I guess, uh, Misha from 
the demon king is not of a higher caste, but she's more informed than Anos is. But that ruins my analogy, so just ignore that. <laughs> and it's basically at that point, it just becomes Maho High School because everyone is trying to make the main character look like an idiot by challenging mm-hmm. them and fighting them and using underhanded tactics or just being a huge dick about the matter. And the character inadvertently wins and gets people closer to them and gets a huge fan base. And that's kind of what all four of these shows have a good thing. It's a magical yes. high school anime. <laughs> I'm I'm not wrong. <laughs> you really are not wrong. Especially yeah, I, when the first five or six episodes are devoted to Suleta, you know, bumbling her way around the school and people challenging her to try to, you know, remain the top dog like new person in prison you got to be the toughest person in the prison so you won't get shit on <laughs> and she just keeps winning yeah and and she she wins in that way where you she just wins yeah there's uh, there's no real adversity to her fights except in one of the later fights but even then she just wins mhm and it's it's it doesn't raise the stakes. And honestly, w- I don't think you, any of us who watch this, are particularly invested for the major stakes. It's ma- mostly to see where the plot goes. Yeah. I feel like at least because if you have any experience with a Gundam series, you know that the protag generally doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think of characters who did job it a lot. I think Hero kind of <laughs> Hero jobbed it so bad he killed the wrong person. <laughs> They were like, don't crush this plane. It'll ruin everything. Hero goes, I'll kill it. Gundam Wing rarely had any conclusive battles. A lot of them ended up interrupted for one reason or another. Remember the fight in Antarctica where it was Hero in the heavy arms versus the tall geese? And Mm -hmm. it got interrupted because Relina flew in between them with a fucking private jet. (laughs) And is standing outside the door like, Hero, don't do it. Yeah, well, that was the problem with Gundam Wing too. Was when you and I watched, I said all they're doing is killing mooks. This is so boring. <laughs> and then followed by the char going, "Yes, my planner is falling perfectly into place." And it was just such an exhausting experience. But like you look at like Setsuna F. Say or mm-hmm. Mikazuki, they they don't drop it, and well, not majorly. And well, this. I don't think I don't think Setsuna jobbed it that bad. Setsuna just mostly just uh, just mostly stalled his matches to win. The stakes are kind of they kind of stay high for Witcher Mercury because they are so low. Mm-hmm. I mean, with other protagonists, if they lose, they die and their mission is over. The evil organization wins and the rebellion or whatever loses forever. But with this, if Suleta loses then she's no longer the holder and she's no longer in line to be the groom for Mirine. Yeah. So that's not like her Gundam is destroyed or uh, even though that was a threat. Mm-hmm. It's not like she gets killed or banned from school. She has a chance maybe later to try again and win. But she wins all the time. Yeah, and maybe I'm leveling my concerns wrong too because there is that episode where Choo Choo absolutely just falcon punches these girls on the steps <laughs> where they're trying to pass that makeup test. And you're getting frustrated with Saleta because you want her to succeed. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and she eventually, you know, things come into play and you're seeing her and Mina Rene's, uh their their relationship kind of building there. I, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing that the stakes are low, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying because of the tropish stylings that this is falling into, I was a little bit uninvested in it compared to Double O, compared to either Mecca of the same, mm-hmm. you know, even the same series, which is good. Which is kind of good because you can't always have every single series be, if you don't kill this terrorist, then the space nations will be sent into autocracy and decline into the free fall market. And you're just going, oh no, bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and while this show does have some bureaucracy that permeates through it, it's never to the degree of wing of, um, of well, core Gundam. I have a plausible theory that that Suleta's mother, Prospera, is going to be the char in the second half, third half, fourth half, whatever. Mm-hmm. She's, I, and I'll explain it in the spoiler section more, but I, I feel the, the Gundam trappings are going to eventually get there. I don't feel like we're going to be at school forever. And the school setting is revolutionary for Gundam. Mm-hmm. While I, I had, when we first heard this announcement and it was, it's going to take place at Gundam High School. I thought, oh, you didn't know how to get anime watchers to watch this. <laughs> so you said put it in high school because as awful or as, as annoying as it is, almost every other anime, well, you know what? Every other, well, every fourth anime out of four is not about high schoolers or high school aged persons. Mm-hmm. So I, I get why, because if you're going to make a new mainline Gundam, you want it to have... You want it to be like a new mainline Gundam. You don't want it to be build divers. Yeah. Where it's, it, it's, who cares about build divers? You know? And there's a lot that Witch from Mercury is doing uh, that works to draw in new people. Like having it start out being set at Gundam High, Magical Gundam High <laughs> School, <laughs> uh, that draws in, you know, the, uh, the shoujo crowd. Because, like, oh, yeah, Magic High School, I know that. And you have a female protagonist, yippee, woo, like, about, it's about time, in a Yuri relationship, you're going to draw in the Yuri crowd. And it was fun seeing that develop week by week, like, people being introduced to the common themes of Gundam as it's being interlaced with the common themes of the high school and the Yuri romance. Uh, something they've seen a lot, but they haven't seen in Gundam because they had no reason to watch it. <laughs> that was uh, that led me to the Tumblr, the Tumblr post of someone saying, "You know, I just joined on Witch for Mercury because the Yuri romance. I had no idea that it would turn into like business dealings and political machinations and <laughs> you know the horrors of war." And then someone posted. The meme of Gundam shooting over someone he- someone's head where it says war is bad. And the guy looking past that say, wow, cool robot. And they said, that was about Gundam? <laughs> I mean, that is the Gundam experience, though. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not, I don't, I don't care when we were going, yes, our political alignments are falling into place. I mm-hmm. see that. The Delhi group. I, I didn't care. In fact, that was when phone when phone grabbing alert was at maximum danger. Yeah. Because I didn't care. And if it was dubbed, which I advise everybody who watches Gundam to do it dubbed, mostly because I don't think there's a bad dub, maybe. I don't know. I don't think it's out yet. 
Yeah, it isn't out. I was going to watch it dub because um, IBO, good, good dub. Double uh, O, good dub. Mm-hmm. G Gundam, don't know, but I bet the dub was great. The dub, the dub is passable. Yeah, the original, uh, original one. Uh, while it was kind of lame to keep hearing Amaro, 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 it was still worked pretty well. The further back you go in years, the more shaky the dub is going to be. Maybe, maybe. maybe. But, but but like uh, the rigid. Well, we're just gonna become another Gundam lore episode. <laughs> but yeah, that is kind of the thing about this is when it's the cool robot fights, it's like yeah, cool robot fights. Mm-hmm. And when it's not cool robot fights, it's kind of just okay. Yeah, I get this. Which it it, it can be a, it can be a detriment to a lot of shows like this you know yeah do, do we remember code Geass for the cool robot fights or when lelouch was having to talk about how britannia was forming a union pact with the eastern nations a lot of people are going to say you know the robot fights and yeah. this has this in spades the bits are cool mm-hmm. um the like bits the, are well like you said with code Geass. You know, sometimes it is memorable, like the uh, the puppetry that Lelouch does. And it's funny you say that because the writer of Code Geass is doing this. And mm-hmm. you sort of see it the same way. It's yeah. a bit early now to get really attached, quote-unquote, attached to which factions are rising above others. But that serves as a backdrop to create the events for our characters to be affected by them and keep each other you know close through them especially with Suleta and Miorine. you know now that you said that that's the same writer as Kogios no spoilers obviously but the ending has me excited knowing that <laughs> oh yeah because that means that there's going to be more the machinations are going to be deeper mm-hmm. is, this, is this running for four cores or just two it's not confirmed yet it's going to be two cores uh obviously but being a mainline Gundam show, it's likely going to be four cores because that's how it's been done. Yeah, they do the whole thing like with IBO where it's, here's the first, here's IBO, and then it ended on a pretty solid note mm-hmm. with just a little bit unexplained, and then they said, here's the second half, and you were just, <laughs> oh no. Same yeah. with Double O. Double O had the first half, and then it had the second half, or the second series. Mm-hmm. Same with, well, I guess, uh, I guess, um, other Gundam is different. Seed is different. That had 50 and then it had a second series. Yeah. That's Seed and Seed Destiny, which are technically different shows. Yeah, technically. Same way uh, that... I mean, well... Original <laughs> Gundam had 50. Zeta had about 50. Double Zeta, 50. This G Gundam had 50. Which, yeah, there's not really one that doesn't, that, that, that goes less. I mean, technically, Build Fighters and Build Fighters Try had, you know, they combined to a whole 50 and the story wrapped up between those two. Mm-hmm. Build Divers and Build Divers Plus Ultra or whatever it was called. <laughs> Re-Rise. Okay, well, Plus Ultra's from... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's reasonable. I think it will have to. I, I hope it does because... Mm-hmm. Um, just just based off the the pretense alone of what we've seen, it was a it was a fun enjoyable show. Do you want to just go ahead and go into spoily land? Uh, yeah, we can go ahead. Okay. Well, um, Craig's got about to tell you when to skip to, so there you go. If you want to avoid spoilies for Mobile Suit Gundam, 
the witch from Mercury then skipped to 1 hour and 17 minutes and 28 seconds. All right, then. So, um... <laughs> I feel like we live in such a Marvel-centric society that we should always expect post-credit scenes. Yeah. But I'm glad you said something because I was just, um... <laughs> When you, everybody in the server was, oh my gosh, that IB, that IBO, well, that's online, that G-Witch episode, wow, G-Witch episode, wow, and it just ended with, oh, well, they, he, he killed his dad, big whoop, I've killed my dad plenty of times in my, <laughs> and then <laughs> Suleta just went full on, gotcha now, splat, which, uh, you're the more the you're more of the um, the the professional on this. Is that one of the most gore, the the goriest deaths in all of Gundam? It's definitely the most detailed. I've never seen the blood be so thick, and th- that's like strawberry jam, like legit yeah. strawberry jam. Like there's been some gruesome deaths, like being crushed in a suit. We've seen oh. that a couple times. Like even for grunt characters, oh. we've seen people get disintegrated. We've seen uh, characters like in Gundam Unicorn get disintegrated by the unicorn's uh, beam magnum. Yeah, we've seen War in the Pocket people be turned into hamburgers. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, well, just to, you were you talking about that character's death from? Let's go. Because uh, that's from like the last episode, so we'll censor that. Yeah. But when that character died, I had a literal orgasm. <laughs> yeah, people hated him. Everybody hated him, and it was so well-deserved. He literally caused so much more problems by his existence. Anyways, um, War in the Pocket, uh, what's another one that had some pretty grizzlies? I guess that's it, isn't it? Yeah, as far as like the display of mutilation... Mm-hmm. Those are some of the high two ones. There's obviously horrible deaths just in concept alone, but it's not graphic like this one is. This one was not only was it graphic, but it was a slingshot from nowhere, not only for its own scene, but for the entire series. Like even the prologue, which was the hardest episode for this series thus mm-hmm. far. Uh, the worst thing in that was like someone got exploded. Uh, someone got shot in the head. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it. You're Dad right. getting lost in the data storm. But this, everything else was happy-go-lucky magic high school. It was in a school setting, and they had it to wear all the beam lasers, all the beam sabers, was set to a combat mode, which means it can pierce the armor of everywhere else but not the cockpit, which has a special armor. So that makes it safe for schools. It was, I was glad to hear that because that was like a... How are they letting... It's like the live fire section from Starship, Starship, Starship Troopers. Like, how could they just let this happen? Oh, okay, it's technically safe. You know that's going to be a thing in like the next season where it's, I've got to kill Saleta, so they turn it from stun to kill. Yeah. And so, she's just going to be, teehee, we're playing. <laughs> All of the fights so far have been, oh, I'm fighting you, but I'm going to aim for the head because that's where your antenna is, and that's how I win. To the final scene where it's like, hey, stop aiming your gun at my girlfriend. 
I'm going to smack you, and then splats them like a fully engorged tick. Yeah, and it's so ominous by comparison because Prospera saying, yeah, I would have killed them to protect you mm-hmm. if I, I had to. And now Suleta, the big old marshmallow bean that she is, <laughs> is going, murder's okay! Yeah, if it's for someone I love. I could kill everyone. So, Yandere arc for Saleta now. I I hope she goes full Yandere. That would be so amazing. I... And, and you see this parallel in this whiplash from wholesome slice of life Gundam school to, oh, now we're in war crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that clearly with the, the redesign of the aerial. She went from like a very colorful, very bright-looking fantasy-type Gundam, and the rebuild had a lot more aggressive look, had some darker tones, and even the faceplate looks like it has a skull motif with uh, the gaunt black cheekbones at the sides, and then that arrow looking like the, the nose piece. Mm-hmm. So this Gundam is looking a lot more vicious. Well, it is its tradition. You get you have to give the the suit an upgrade at some point in uh, in Gundam, and her splatting it. The worst thing was when it came out of nowhere. I it shook me so much I laughed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she got out of the suit and slipped on the blood, and I was just oh what yeah what chicanery is this today. Like it was a double, it was a one-two punch. It was one thing to see the guy get splattered like that. It's another to see Suleta just smiling, be like, "Hi, I'm here to save you." Yeah. And then Mirina looking so, so ready for a PTSD session. Yeah, which is so shocking because up to that point, Mirina had been very, um, very aloof and taciturn almost. Mm-hmm. She she didn't express too much. So for Suleta to just hop out and be like, I well, for one thing, Suleta and her bloody hand, that is an yeah. image that'll that'll stick with me for a while. I have loved the fan art that came out from this episode of the pure Yandere energy about mm-hmm. this. She's I mean, she's just she seems so unaffected by it. And mm-hmm. really and truly, I don't blame Suleta for acting like this. Neither Suleta, do I. Yeah, I don't feel like she's in the I don't feel like she's in the wrong. I just feel like you know she didn't have to slap the guy <laughs> with the big suit yeah it's what well, it's one thing to kill someone to save your loved ones the slap yeah that's a bit extreme but it's her re- non-reaction to it that is the most concerning thing and really leads to the theories of prospera brainwashing her and mm-hmm. using a behavioral conditioning sign to make the make turn her into a killing machine which is so strange because when i first watched this i didn't watch the prologue so i just went in and i had no clue but then after we said we're going to watch episode 11 and 12 together because mm-hmm. that's what we you and i do that's like our thing is watching gundam together we watched all of g gundam we oh, watched yeah. like 12 episodes of wing mm-hmm. we watched a lot of gundam together um, yeah so I went back to watch the prologue because, you know, I was like, some progress is any progress. And Prospera, I thought she was going to be the like the bitchiest mom in the world. Be like, Suleta, you you can't do that, you know. And then she comes back and she's just that way. And so because she's always got this like aloofness to her as well. But she mm-hmm. was so, you know, loving and 
affectionate to Saleta. And then you see her now in hindsight, and she's just basically to the effect of, hey, you know, it's okay to kill people. I really think she's going to be the big bad of the show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be the big bad, and she's going to have, like, she's going to have her own Gundam. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like in mecha anime, we're always waiting for the second shoot to, the, the second shoe to drop. Yeah. To find out how that the mechas are, like, powered by your dead mom. They're, you know... <laughs> That they're powered by someone else's consciousness. That they kill you when you pilot them. Or they make you sterile. Or they make you come orgasm. They make you come. <laughs> make you come. <laughs> People are like, that's a bad thing? I'm like, maybe. I don't know your life. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that, that's that, that turn of hand to occur where Prospera goes, Yeah, I took your dad's corpse and made it into my new Gundam. Mm-hmm. It's called the Gundam, uh, I don't know, Gundam Terra. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, Ariel and Terra. I mean, that's fine. So, no. Write me a check, Sunrise. You know where, you know how to reach me. <laughs> so, since we're in spoiler zone, can we get into theorizing zone? Yeah, we might as well. We never theorize. Yeah. So, a lot of theories go around about what is going on with Suleta. What is going on with Prospera? What's going on with the Gundams? Mm-hmm. What's going What's going on with uh, the scene from episode 6 where Elon sees that vision of some dead girl spirits, you know, just floating around where the, the drone bits are. And that was the episode that sent everyone off. It's like, whoa, there's some, there's some heinous shit going on. Mm-hmm. People have been spouting theories that Suleta and... Ari from the prologue are different people. People have been saying Suleta is a clone. Mm-hmm. That there might be a clone for every gun bit in, and the aerial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back through the prologue and through the the like quote unquote novel uh, Cradle Planet that you mm-hmm. can find on uh, the Witch from Mercury website. Mm-hmm. So the prologue. Th- there's a novel? Uh, It's like a it's like a one-page, two-page thing. It 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 takes place in between the prologue and episode one, and takes place from the Ariel's perspective, which cements that the Ariel has its own consciousness and has its own perspective on the events. And I hope in future series, uh, in the in future seasons, we actually get some of the Ariel's perspective. So the the gist of that novel is that Ariel is giving a history of Suleta growing up, her growing up on Mercury after the events of the prologue, uh, how she's getting along with the elders, how she's good at piloting the Ariel, Prospera's interaction with her, and saying that it's time, it's time for both of you to go to school, and Ariel being remorseful and fearing that Prospera's revenge will affect Suleta in a horrific way. Yeah, I'm I'm just I, I went to the website and I'm reading it mm-hmm. and there is that I'm seeing that passage right now. Oh, yeah. she doesn't know anything. I wish I could tell her what's going on, that mom is using her as a tool for revenge, but I can't go against mom. She's the parent who created me as well. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So looking through the prologue, I found a bunch of offhand lines of dialogue that kind of fit with the whole idea of 
Aerie being in the Ariel and Suleta being a clone. Mm-hmm. So first, uh, quote, in order for humanity to live in space, you need to have an adaptable body and not a weapon like this. And that is Dr. Cardo uh, from the pro- prologue. And she is referencing the mobile suits, the weapons like this. And she was also referencing like a cyber body that was the original medical use for the gun technology. Mm-hmm. So that leads to believe that to survive in space, you'll need to upgrade to mechanical bodies. Quote, Lefrith, later developed into Ariel, is the future of gun that we're aiming for. So they're looking at using the Gundams as a stepping stone for that advancement of either full mechanization of humanity or maybe something quite not as uh, severe. But that leads to a suspicion that you can put a consciousness inside of a mobile suit. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because Mm -hmm. there is a scene during the, uh, the big squad fight, there is a scene where Saleta is talking to mm-hmm. Ariel saying, you know, you wanted me to do this on my own. And I, yeah. you know, I'm not, li- and I, I thought that was just her having a, having what we in the biz call a Setsna FSA moment where she's going, ah, Gundam, I understand you or a Gundam pro tag, because I think all of them do it. Yeah. Uh, we do get several hints throughout the show that Suleta and the Gundam are communicating with each other mm-hmm. in some way. Not just in the sense of a person talking to their vehicle, like, "Come on, buddy, I know you can make this hill." Yeah, the second, uh, the second promotional image or PV or not even PV, but just promotional mm-hmm. image has a uh, the aerial on its with one on one knee with its lights on, which maybe that's a sign of something. Maybe I don't know. That's kind of this may be because we're in the new in the quick of it. This is a very interesting Gundam to theorize about. Yeah, and there's the one thing that gives me the strongest evidence is the difference in personality in Ari and Suleta and mm-hmm. the discrepancy in their age, their personality, what they remember. Ari in the prologue was very adventurous and outgoing and kind of rambunctious, just mm-hmm. going out on her own, disobeying people's orders, being like, Papa, why are you going on business when it's my birthday? I want to have cake. Mm-hmm. And then you have Suleta who is beyond any recovery a social autistic fool oh wow like she has she stutters constantly to the point of enjoyment because it's just such a delight to see someone like her it's stuttering like that it's adorable mm. but even calling someone on the phone to say hello how are you she's a stuttering mess if anyone confronts her, she, you know, crosses her arms and does that panic, panic mode. Mm-hmm. And this is much different to the personality that Ari had. Yeah. See, I didn't even think about that because mm-hmm. I just thought because I remember when I was young, I had I had the ability to talk, but now here I am, where I I I, I think Suleta really is. You know, I see a lot of I can see her behaviors as being really anxiety driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, she's incredibly relatable. Yeah, I, I love her. There's also the fact that the Vanadis incident happened about 20 or 21 years ago, uh, as told in uh, like the current series. 
But Suleta is only 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So there's a four-year difference of like how that age happened because Aerie was four in the prologue when the event happened. Mm-hmm. And Suleta has some problematic memories where she doesn't remember anything about what happened at Vanadis, which is fair enough. She was four. Not a lot of people remember until about four to six years old. But she doesn't ha- have any memories of her father. Which is a bit curious. Yeah. No, I see that now. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. These is these are some good theories. Good anime theory, but it's just an anime theory. <laughs> and then there's another theory about what Prospera is doing to Saleta, about how she has questioning care about Suleta and holds her and Ariel in pretty much the same regard, sometimes favoring the Ariel. Yeah. Like uh, when she's in converse, when Prospera's in conversation with other people, and the uh, Suleta and, and or the Ariel comes up, she rarely refers to Suleta by her name. She pauses a bit and says, "My daughter will come through," or "I have faith in my daughters." Plural. Mm-hmm. But it's never explicitly talking about Suleta. And especially at the last episode where, hey, Prospera, shouldn't we go find Suleta? And she was like, no, she'll find her way here. Besides, Ariel is here. She has a lot of care for that Gundam for questionable reasons, and it's not just because that's the device for her revenge. Yeah, this is uh, this is, this is some solid theories here. The key, The key point of theory is that every Gundam has the data swarm effect on its pilot, whether it's Gundam Farrakt on Elon, whether it's the Lefriths on the Witches from Earth. But it doesn't do that for Suleta. Not once, not ever. And Elon even remarked on how it feels like it's piloted without a weight on your chest. And that leads me to believe that there is a mind in Ariel that's doing all the work for the pilot. And that's the so-called breakthrough that will make Gundam not illegal. It won't kill the pilot. There's already a brain inside there. Mm-hmm. So good. These are. This is solid. I. Mm-hmm. I'm. I can't. I. I mean, I didn't even go that hard into this. I feel like I. I feel like I didn't even. I feel like I just put the show <laughs> on at this rate because I, I, I didn't think about any of that. I was just he he. Well, this is the result of me watching it week by week and following on the message boards after the episode comes out and, you know, getting in on the discourse. <laughs> that's so, that's, it, it, it is kind of cool how you're, how into it you are because I didn't think about any of this as I was watching it and I probably would have been blown away when all these revelations were brought forward. I would have been just, what? Mm-hmm. Who could have seen this coming? That's, that's, I, I really feel like I'm, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> and there's a lot of theories about uh, Prospera's brainwashing. There's the move for uh, run, gain one, move forward, gain two. How that's like an unlock code for Suleta to go into kill mode. Either that or like some hand gestures that Prospera does. Like she did both in episode 12 to convince her that killing is okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's this line from the Cradle Planet novel where Ariel, uh, Suleta is inside the cockpit of Ariel 
and she is reciting the run game one, move forward game two. Mm-hmm. And Ariel says, quote, I wait for the spell to take effect. That's when Suleta's entire being will brim with courage and break the curse of fear, unquote. And it sounds like, you know, some winter soldier style conditioning. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Me. This is this is this is deep. Maybe I need to rewatch this. I mean, hey, we got until April until more comes out. I why I not? Just, I didn't see any of this, and that's dang. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see how this goes forward in the future of Witch from Mercury. If it's true that Suleta is a clone and there is a brain inside Ariel, I will be f- fucking stoked because I love to see that kind of sci-fi tropes portrayed and now in a popular mecha show. And it's exciting to see Gundam push forward and try some new boundaries. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, though, if this theory is wrong... I will be excited because I can't wait to see what it could be and what other mysteries could be there. And I will be there regardless, (laughs) being the meme going, cool, wow, cool robot. (laughs) While a a bullet goes over my head that says ego and control are manifested in personality in ways that are affected by others, but I'll just be going, wow, she got more bits. (laughs) <laughs> and they're being even gayer. Because <laughs> they're really cute. I really love me and Rene and uh, Suleta. Suleta they is... Are. If we are. If we did top t- a top ten list, she would be my best my best girl of the, of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think this is out of spoilers now. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. yeah. Suleta and me and Rene are adorable. I felt like the romance was at a snail's pace crawling as far as development. In fact, it felt like a lot of the development was happening off screen in between episodes. Mm -hmm. But episode 11 kind of cured all of that and gave me what I actually wanted to see. Something. And we got a nice big hug from both of them. After a very crisp chase scene. They did the hug in space, which is what you need in any of these shows. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm going to relegate all further talking to you for the most part because I am voiced out and I have run out of water. You really did talk for a long time for you. Uh, yeah. You never talk this much. I, if, listener, you should go. Uh, you should go finish Witch for Mercury because Audrey talked for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Mecca. <laughs> <laughs> you're literally that Shaquille O'Neal sleeve, uh, scene of the highest rated anime that everyone is excited for and that will change the boundaries of the entertainment I sleep Gundam <laughs> fan theories real shit oh <laughs> uh, well d- dang that's um I, I think this is a great I think this is a pretty solid entry to the to the start of the show Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is very beginner friendly. I'm glad that a lot of people checked it out. You know, just yeah. being a part of the seasonal rush. I think it's really beginner friendly. I know a lot of people are like, there's 50 billion Gundams. How will I ever <laughs> get into this one? And it's just, you just get into it. It's literally trying for you to get into it. It is mm-hmm. not putting up any front. 
it's being itself, but also skewing itself towards possibly the modern anime audience. And I really think that's great. And it also has an incredibly likable protagonist and supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Like, I love everyone in Earth House, especially Choo Choo, especially uh, Nika, especially the rest of the gang. They have their own little personality quirks that are fun to, you know, see as they as they groan about the the space racism that's happening against them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I like Sophie for what time she had. I like her haircut. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think there's just a whole lot of the cast is really likable. Choo Choo, obviously, best girl. Yeah. But there's just so much of it is it's really interesting all in all. Yeah. And I, I, and I know you and I had mixed opinions on it, but I loved Guel as a character. I love seeing his journey from, like, the frat boy jock king of, like, I have never lost a duel. Look at my big fuck-off mobile suit with the feather on top. And then he gets his shit wrecked, and he goes through this humility arc. Like, there was a whole chart throughout, like, trying to keep track of Gwell's character arc. I'll try to find it real quick. He's he's literally school Chibity Crockett. He's got the hair. He's got the personality. <laughs> he is. He, he's, he, they knew what they were doing. He's a, I just didn't get into him as much as any of the other characters. Earth House was primarily where I was. I really liked their dynamic relationship, especially when they became a business of sorts. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a really solid start. I think uh, I would. Well, we're not. Well, I'm not giving my score right now. I would recommend it. I would recommend if you wanted to dabble your toe. It's this is the most anime or the most user friendly anime user friendly Gundam that I've seen. Yeah. It's even got Haro in it. Yeah, it's got Haro. It's got a bunch of Haro. Yeah, I love Haro. Haro is great. Haro Haro is pure. Holla if you Haro. (laughs) Where was I? Uh, Anime List adds uh, the first core as its own entry. So I give this one a solid 7 out of 10. Oh, you giving your score? Yeah, I'm giving my score. I actually give it a 7 out of 10. It's good. I can't wait to see... Like, how it goes further. Yeah, we're just giving out scores. I I think that there's um I think there's a lot that could have been improved. I think there was a lot of downtime that I didn't care for. But mm-hmm. overall, solid start. And you know, uh, it's a Gundam. No one the starts of a lot of Gundams aren't particularly uh investing. Yeah. I I think knowing it's a Gundam, I know that not to gauge the start is what the entire show will be. So hopefully, when we get in the second core, third, if possible will really pick up speed and then it'll be a great show I feel like. Mhm. And speaking of things that were only that were only great after the first core. Oh, sorry. My voice is shot. It's we okay. have been the Otaka Melancholy podcast. We have been your hosts, Maddie and Audrey. Catch us every Sunday at our website at otakamelancholy.com where you can find our other episodes and the other sites where we're hosted god i sound like i'm in grandma mode right now you really do also you'll find our so links to our social media facebook twitter instagram discord and you can find our patreon 
You can go to patreon.com slash otakumelancholy to donate for as little as $3 a month to get added content including sponsor-free episodes, bonus episodes, access to a super secret Discord channel, as well as a plethora of other cool features. And you can do all of that and you, you get you also get a little shout out too. And I'm gonna shout out Chris S twice because I forgot him in last episode. I'm really sorry, Chris S. <laughs> you are demand, Chris S. You 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 demand. Chris S, here's your second shout out. I would like to thank Chris S, Cream Puff Coon, Anime of the Week, Jalvin, Darth Egg, Earthworm, the Anime Brother, IKEA Plant, Moe Soda, and Steered Marlin. And if I forget your name, then tell me and you'll get a double shout out. Thanks to all of those people who support this podcast and make it the great steaming pile of pod that it is every week. We appreciate you so much. We love you. And we love you, listener, whether you sponsor us or not. But <laughs> So thank you for listening. Thank you for everything you do. I don't have another quote this week because I just didn't want to do it. And nobody got mad when I didn't do it last week. So, hey, guess what? I... <laughs> I, my my quote penis is flaccid. Uh, that'll be it for us. We'll see you see you later, space cowboy. That's the right <laughs> anime, right? Uh, bye bye. Take care. Gabate. <laughs> <laughs>